from New England to the world. Streaming online at MorningBuzz.com and on iHeartRadio. This is Greg in the Morning Buzz. All right, well, it is uh, the Buzz. It is Legal Tuesday, first Tuesday of every month. We invite our friend, uh, Buzz Legal Advisor, Attorney Ryan Russman, in. Probably the most innocent man I know. Uh, not of crime, just to, in general. <laughs> you know. Okay. I mean, you, I, I'm throwing around swear words, and he doesn't even know what they are. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just, you yeah. know, I'm all, it's always an education when I come here. I, <laughs> the vocabulary always expands. I, I, feel, I learn something new. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when he walks into the studio and Kelly Brown has some sort of, uh, you know, device or something crazy on his desk, it, it's a learning experience. It, 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 it can be. It yeah. can be a very big learning experience. Yeah. So, uh, we take your legal questions, and, you know, everybody has got one. It's either it's something that's going on in your life or something that you think you may have a case. Maybe your neighbor's doing something. Maybe there was a traffic stop and you, what are my rights here? Or maybe you've got a question about firearm, you know, uh, possession and the laws there. Uh, email it to us. Greg at MorningBuzz.com. Laura or Roadkill at MorningBuzz.com. And he gives you, you know, he gives you uh, the answer to the best of his ability. And I think almost as importantly, if he doesn't know, he's going to tell you he doesn't know. That's right. You know? It's better um, to, to to say that than to speculate and, and to guess so. Right. Happy to do it. Uh, I'll start off with, well, here's a firearms question. If I carry my handgun loaded and concealed, should I still apply for the permit even though New Hampshire doesn't require it anymore? I've always have, I always have uh, had my permit, but it's up for renewal. Do we even have to re- renew? Well, you, you don't, but I will tell you that for my own, and I practice what I preach, I actually went out and got uh, the license to carry a concealed weapon again. It's a circumstance which is always fluid, and the next legislative session could reverse the current law where you don't have to have that particular permit. Uh, having it allows you uh, to have that confidence that wow. you, you know that you're doing it the right way. Uh, and I don't really have any objection to anyone doing it. I don't. You don't have to, but I think it would make uh, good sense so that th- they go for five years. We have a, a biannual legislature, so it, you know it, it works that way. So they could, in fact, from one year to the next, wow. change it around. I did not know there was an expiration, so I just I just learned something because mine's it's about five years now. Right. So I probably I, I'm definitely going to do it, that. It's not complicated. It's yeah. it's only a few bucks and. Mm-hmm. I would suggest having it just in case the law changes. You don't have to go because I'll tell you what will happen is everyone that's stopped applying for those permits, if the law does change again, everyone that had one is going to go back out and apply, and there'll right. be a, a huge queue to get that right. done. Right. Stop. I will be getting my license back after a DWI soon, and the court wants me to get an interlock device. What would happen if I picked up? If it picked up alcohol from, say, the night prior, could that get me in trouble? It it can. I've had this circumstance where uh, the absorption elimination of alcohol is a dynamic process. And if you drink heavily late into the morning hours and then you get up early to go to work, you may not be below that .02 level. And the problem is that there's no pretest. You blow into the device, and if you blow numbers, you are in jeopardy of having a hearing and having the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles question why it is that you were over that limit. There are other factors as well. I mean, I've had individuals come in with hairspray, uh, certain uh, anticoagulants for for diesel and so forth that can cause a false positive. So you really have to be careful when you have this device in your car. You're spraying the uh, hairspray in your mouth? I can't believe that would be healthy for you. No, but if you're in the confines, well, right, Uh, I would agree with that. But if you're in the confines of your car and you're just like, you know, getting ready and it's it's a confined space, 
that some of this substance could land on the device itself and cause that false positive. Clearly, so, I would not uh, uh, use hair net in my mouth. I would use a binocular blast. Do the binocular binoc- right. blast. Well, there you go. go. Laura. Someone at a public establishment was yelling and telling anyone who would be who was there that would listen that I was a pervert, sex offender. I was on a list. She also claimed I touched her breast. Her husband threatened me with physical violence. Th- that being said, these were all false uh, accusations. I left the establishment. Uh, but I found out the next day a lot of people in that place now believe her. Do I have a case for slander? Well, the question is, did you suffer certain damages? Because in this circumstance, it's not simply a question of was there a prima facie case of slander. What you have to then show to a potential jury is that you suffered some harm. And in the absence of damages, it's hard to establish a viable case. Now, that doesn't mean you couldn't bring an action. It doesn't mean you couldn't prevail. But you've seen cases. In fact, there was one in the news recently where a fellow brought a wrongful death case down in, I believe, it, I can't, I think it was Florida, involving a sheriff's deputy or a deputy. And the jury came back and awarded each one of the family members $1. So they found for the plaintiff, but they gave very little in the way right. of damages. So therein lies the dilemma. Um, and that's how I would answer that question at this point. I mean, uh, there may be more facts to, to, to glean from it, but it, you know, just based on the limited information, that's what I would, would certainly think about. Uh, please let Mr. Uh, Russman know. Uh, I met him at Market Basket last week. Please tell him that his favorite corn muffins are in today. Yes! His favorite market <laughs> I love it! Listen! You know? There are these, yes, I got my corn muffins! Listen, all right, listen. Yeah. You know, there are these, there are these English muffins, yeah. and they're delicious, and well, they're the corn variety, <laughs> and go. I can't get them in my own Market Basket. Yeah. I can go to any other market basket there, around the country. There you go. And they're there. there and I go. just happen to see the guy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, he's stalking the they're show. They're there. They're hey. there today. I'm in. Uh, Crutchy, can you ask the council this? We have a skunk issue Uh-oh. at my apartment building. I've been sprayed twice by skunks oh, no. that live under and around the front porches. Our renter has been notified by me and many others. It's to the point we want to move, but we're nervous to break our lease. Any advice? Well, I... Certainly having a conversation with your landlord is the absolute first step. You know, they have an obligation to ensure that you have something called quiet enjoyment of the property. And if, in fact, there's a condition that exists that either uh, constructively, that is, doesn't particularly keep you from going there, but it's a constructive eviction from the property, like a, a a pugnant odor from a skunk, then you you certainly have a, a claim that they need to remediate that circumstance. And you know, I'll tell you from my own life experience. Uh, I tried one time to use a have a heart trap to trap a woodchuck. I got a skunk in there. Bad thing to do in a have a heart trap because they're hard to get out of there. Right. But I would tell you that there are uh, individuals, uh, companies that can deal with these kinds of remedial issues, and they can hopefully help right. you, like putting in netting or screening to fix that problem. When you catch a skunk in a have a heart trap, it, they they won't be able to spray you normally while they're in the trap, but you've got to let them go. And oh, therein lies the issue, right? right. I would imagine. Oh, right? absolutely. So you got to get up there, and it, it was just disastrous. Uh, do dash cams fall under the same laws as home surveillance? Can they use it in court where I haven't been told I was being recorded? Police, um, there are certain exceptions r- relative to the, the recording in certain circumstances, but I would tell you that my experience has been in, in, in Did you not even <laughs> realize? What, like, uh, I don't uh, know yeah. what's going on back there. I apologize for the background Holy noises. Holy moly. I don't know. He probably just passed a piano in, I, in the newsroom. I don't even know. It's always an education. Yeah. Oh. So, um, But t- typically it's my experience that when there's a dash cam video, the police do notify poli- uh, citizens that they are being audio and video recorded. They do that um, for a variety of reasons, but it's it's very good practice for the police to do that. In fact, in most circumstances, they do. Okay, so I have a question. Uh, when we come
come back because we have to break for the, the screaming man in the back room. <laughs> I, I, I have a question about, um, you know, uh, traffic confrontations. It's come up on the show before. Sure. Uh, but it, it, Like road rage, that sort well, of thing? Well, yes, a road rage and, and <clears throat> defending yourself in a road rage situation. I got into a